Section thirty six of the Junior Classics, Volume nine Stories of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Rose and the Ring. Two. How King Valoroso got the crown and Prince Gigo went without. Paphlagonia, ten or twenty thousand years ago, appears to have been one of those kingdoms where the laws of succession were not settled. For when King Savio died, leaving his brother regent of the kingdom and guardian of Savio's orphan infant, this unfaithful regent took no sort of regard of the late monarch's will had himself proclaimed sovereign of paphagonia under the title of king valoroso the twenty-fourth had a most splendid coronation and ordered all the nobles of the kingdom to pay him homage so long as valoroso gave them plenty of balls at court plenty of money and lucrative places the palagonian nobility did not care who was king and as for the people in those early times they were quite indifferent the prince Gilo, by reason of his tender age at his royal father's death did not feel the loss of his crown and empire as long as he had plenty of toys and sweetmeats a holiday five times a week and a horse and gun to go out shooting when he grew a little older and above all the company of his darling cousin the king's only child poor giglo was perfectly contented nor did he envy his uncle the royal robes and sceptre the great hot uncomfortable throne of state and the enormous cumbersome crown in which that monarch appeared from morning till night king valoroso's portrait had been left to us and i think you will agree with me that he must have been sometimes rather tired of his velvet and his diamonds and his ermine and his grandeur i shouldn't like to sit in that stifling robe with such a thing as that on my head no doubt the queen must have been lovely in her youth for though she grew rather stout in after life yet her features as shown in her portrait are certainly pleasing if she was fond of flattery scandal cards and fine clothes let us deal gently with her infirmities which after all may be no greater than our own she was kind to her nephew and if she had any scruples of conscience about her husband's taking the young prince's crown consoled herself by thinking that the king though a usurper was a most respectable man and that at his death prince giglo would be restored to his throne and share it with his cousin whom he loved so fondly 
the prime minister was glumboso an old statesman who most cheerfully swore fidelity to king valoroso and in whose hands the monarch left all the affairs of his kingdom all valoroso wanted was plenty of money plenty of hunting plenty of flattery and as little trouble as possible as long as he had his sport this monarch cared little how his people paid for it he engaged in some wars and of course the paphagonian newspapers announced that he gained prodigious victories he had statues erected to himself in every city of the empire and of course his pictures placed everywhere and in all the print shops he was valoroso the magnanimous valoroso the victorious valoroso the great and so forth for even in these early times courtiers and people knew how to flatter this royal pair had only one child the princess angelica who you may be sure was a paragon in the courtier's eyes in her parents and in her own it was said she had the longest hair the largest eyes and the slimmest waist the smallest foot and the most lovely complexion of any young lady in the paphagonian dominions her accomplishments were announced to be even superior to her beauty and the governesses used to shame their idle pupils by telling them what princess angelica could do she could play the most difficult pieces of music at sight she could answer any one of magnell's questions she knew every date in the history of paphagonia and every other country she knew french english italian german spanish hebrew greek latin cappadocian samarathian aegean and crim tartar in a word she was a most accomplished young creature and her governess and lady-in-waiting was the severe countess gruff enough would you not fancy from this picture that gruff enough must have been a person of the highest birth she looked so haughty that i should have thought her a princess at the very least with a pedigree reaching as far back as the deluge but this lady was no better born than many other ladies who give themselves airs and all sensible people laughed at her absurd pretensions the fact is she had been made servant to the queen when her majesty was only princess and her husband had been head footman but after his death or disappearance of which you shall hear presently this mrs gruff enough by flattering toadying and wheedling her royal mistress became a favorite with the queen who was rather a weak woman and her majesty gave her a title and made her nursery governess to the princess and now i must tell you about the princess's learning and accomplishments 
for which she had such a wonderful character clever angelica certainly was but as idle as possible play at sight indeed she could play one or two pieces and pretend that she had never seen them before she could answer half a dozen magnol's questions but then you must take care to ask the right ones as for her languages she had masters in plenty but i doubt whether she knew more than a few phrases in each for all her pretense and as for her embroidery and her drawing she showed beautiful specimens it is true but who did them this obliges me to tell the truth and to do so i must go back ever so far and tell you about the fairy black stick end of section 36